You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1063 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. And today's podcast is part one of a two-part episode that I did with Tyler Jones, good friend of the podcast. Again, this is part one you're listening to now. Part two is also available in this same feed right now. So if you missed anything, go to part two after this podcast is over. First, though, some news to touch on at the top of the podcast. Then we'll get into a long, in-depth conversation that I had with Tyler. Always fun to talk to him. Um, the Hawks will be playing on Christmas Day for the first time since 1989. I know a lot of Hawks fans were not born at that point in time, so it's been quite a while, but they'll be playing at MSG against the Knicks in the early window on Christmas. The last time the Hawks played on Christmas Day was again 1989, so that was 32 years ago. And the starting five that night was Spud Webb, Dominic Wilkins, John Battle, Kevin Willis, and Moses Malone, with Cliff Levingston, Antoine Carr, and John Konkak off the bench. So it's been a long time. That'll be a lot of fun, and I know the Hawks just played the Knicks. There were probably some uh, profane language directed to Trey Young in New York, even on Christmas Day, but that'll be a fun watch, and uh, circle that one on your calendar, so it'll be interesting to see, sort of see how that's covered, see how the Hawks are playing by that point in time, because the season's going to be starting two months before that, so a lot of basketball will be played before they arrive in New York, but that's obviously still the NBA's biggest regular season showcase, so circle that one. That'll be a lot of fun to watch. Um, the other thing that got released earlier this week was the uh, the rest of the first week schedule for the Hawks. They're not playing on the absolute opening night, which is Tuesday, October the 19th, but they'll be playing actually on Thursday the 21st on a TNT game at home against the Mavs. This is, uh, again, not the opening night doubleheader, but still it's Trey versus Luka in the very obvious marquee slot of an opening week standalone game on TNT. The full schedule is coming out on Friday, actually. But with already two, two national TV games on the schedule, the Hawks are already projected to have a lot more than they've had previously. They could have, uh, I would say, a lot of national TV games. It's not going to be as many as like, the Lakers get or the Warriors get probably, but obviously with Trey Young's emergence and the Hawks making the Final Four last year, a lot more attention on this team right now, and uh, we'll see what the full schedule unveils. But two primetime games, two uh, primetime slot games, I should say, as well. But uh, a lot to look forward to for Atlanta, including that early one against Dallas. And then Jalen Johnson was named as a first-team All-Summer League selection on Wednesday. No huge surprise. Talked about him a lot last week on the show, but had a great week in Vegas. Tyler and I get into him a lot on the rest of the podcast as well. But a seven-player first-team, and he was selected there. Definitely a deserving honor for Jalen Johnson, who was excellent. I know he set the last game of the, uh, of the run, but in four games, made quite an impression, and I think he deserved that selection uh, without question. So... With all of that news out of the way, we will come back in a moment and hear from Tyler again, part one, and then part two should be available right now as you listen to this, so feel free to go to part two when part one is completed. But first, a word from our sponsors on today's show, and the first of which is Sweatblock. There are a few things in life that just are not any fun to talk about, and one of them is excessive sweating. It's not fun for anyone to sweat through their shirt for no reason. I'm sure we've all dealt with this at some point in time, and while there are definitely bigger problems in the world, it can certainly feel like a big deal when it happens in the moment. And that's why you should check out Sweatblock and Iperspirant Wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You can simply apply it at night before you go to bed, and then after you go to bed, the next morning you can wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying at all about sweat. Guaranteed. Sweatblock is doctor-created and doctor-recommended, and it works for up to seven days per use. There is also, by the way, a dry shirt guarantee, and if Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's manufactured in the USA. Sweatblock has a bestseller on Amazon and other places for the past decade. I know it might sound too good to be true, but it absolutely works. You can wear what you want to wear with confidence, and it really is an absolute must-have. If you or someone you know and love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock right now. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or check it out at a CVS near you right now. One more time, that is promo code locked on at sweatblock.com for 20% off. Promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Today's podcast is also sponsored by the good folks at Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or someone who is not an elite athlete. Like me, you're just trying to make it through the day with tension-free activities. Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. 
The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. You and the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun has also been awesome for me, uh, trying to relieve some tension from hovering over the, over the computer all day long and being stiff and all of that. It's been a godsend through that prism. And honestly, you should use it because I use it and uh, you absolutely should too to be relaxed and help you feel better. Theragun is also trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, and hundreds of thousands of customers in addition to me. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. I am joined now by good friend of the podcast, Tyler Jones is here. Hello, sir. How are you? Good, Brad. Uh, Falcons camp or Falcons season is almost here upon us, Brad, you know. I'm ready. Julio Jones is going to be suiting up for another year. I can't wait. <laughs> this is a heck of a start. Uh, I've already talked to uh, to Aaron Freeman. I'm trying to get Aaron to come on to talk about the Falcons, but I know you are not ready to do that because you've sworn them off, as evidenced by your by your lead-in statement there about Julio Jones. Uh, uh, man, they like I said, man, they broke my heart 28 to three, and there's no coming back from that. So, and then they then they traded Julio to the Titans. Oh, God, I live in Memphis. I'm now. It's just gonna be weird seeing the highlights of Julio dominate, not in a Falcons uniform. That sucks. As a former Falcons fan, like that's just as that, a, uh, a former Falcons fan. Yeah, that that trade hurt. Uh, so <laughs> I don't think we talked about that one on the podcast. But uh, I don't think we did. Uh, I purposely uh, I've tried to sort of get off the Falcons at least till the season. I know when the season starts, I will be back in because it's the one team that I don't cover uh, around here at all so it's like my one like raw fan experience and uh, it's raw that's for sure uh, Falcons are not my favorite well, thing but well we Brad do. I mean you got the Braves you got to be excited you know Ozuna is probably going to be coming back uh, pretty soon, right? yeah I mean look the Braves have been hot lately as we talk here on Wednesday night so uh it's been fun lately your, your guy Dansby Swanson See, you, you you can't you can't see the dumb smile I have on my face right now. Marietta <laughs> Zone, Dansby Swanson. Marietta so. Zone, uh, Dansby. Ate my food multiple times at my house, Swanson. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, uh, happy for him. He's going to get his money. That's your guy, yeah. He's uh, he's timing this quite well as in terms of uh, getting paid to have uh, the run that he's on. But uh, we can do this all day. Oh, but oh, – oh. Go ahead. Ozuna is definitely coming back, though. I hope just, not. Uh, I mean, but so enjoy the good. Everybody just needs to enjoy the good vibes while they are, they're here. But he he'll definitely be suiting up for the Braves this season. Just try to get emotionally prepared if you're a Braves fan for it. So, uh, yeah, the yeah. good vibes will run out at that point in time. But hey, hopefully that won't be for a little while, if nothing else. And uh, they're they're good right now, so we're we're riding the wave. Um, you know, you and I talked not that long ago, but you know, I've I've been to Vegas since then. Summer league happened. Uh, I know you've gotten mad and excited, and then mad and excited over and over again since then. We have plenty to talk about. Uh, I do want to save any like Eastern Conference takes for later on the podcast because I know you have several, particularly with regard to like Miami and Boston and Philly. Your your favorite team, the Philadelphia 76ers. My my three favorite teams in the Eastern we'll, Conference. We'll save we'll oh, save yeah. that for the end. I, I'm gonna try to hold you off on those for a little while. And I want to start with summer league because it happened. Um, I mean, I guess I've I mean, if we're going to start, if we're going to start with summer league, we have to start with the number one overall draft pick. Here we go. I forgot. I actually forgot. I I forgot about this. Uh, did you, you were the only person that thought K was bad at summer league. The only person. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was bad. (laughs) I just, you know, I just, I have to ask you this question. All right. Because uh, you knew Cade in high school, I mean, you, I, saw, you I, saw him. You saw him. High I, I did see him play in high people. school. Yes. So I just gotta ask: Did his people like hand you guys under the table money or something? What's the deal with regard to his height? Or uh, yes, okay. yes, yes, no, yes. I thought that was with the one you were going with. No, listen. Uh, 
I will he's always six eight. I will I agree I agree with you on that. Having seen him at summer league, uh, I would say it is he's not six eight. And also, the dead giveaway was that Detroit listed him at six six on their roster, and normally they're not listing guys shorter than they are, <laughs> unless you're, unless you're Kevin Durant and you don't want to be a seven footer because you don't want to be a seven footer. Most guys I, I need, get the I extra inch, uh, not the other way around. So I need a real explanation how that happened. How this uh, happened? Well, like I mean, I think part of it. I mean, the real explanation is probably that you know, obviously he didn't go to the combine because he was giving them more overall picks, so he didn't. He didn't yeah, get but he played, there. He, he played for Team USA. Don't they do measurements? They, they, or? That's that's the thing. Uh, usually they they do. Um, I don't know if it was a pandemic thing or what with his last year, but I, I'm with you. I. I don't know if six eight was ever a real measurement, but it does seem like he is not as tall as he was supposed to be. Brad, there is no way he's six eight when Scotty Barnes. Oh no, he's like, not. Oh, he's definitely not. I mean, Jalen Johnson are out there. I, I think I think he might be like, like six six and a half. Like I saw him next to Killian Hayes from relatively courtside, and Killian Hayes is like a legit six five, and Cade is like maybe an inch and a half taller, like maybe. So I'm with you on this one, actually. So. Uh, get, get the jokes off. I'm not sure. I, I'll be interested to see what he actually gets, you know, because the summer league measurements are all there. That, that's all fake. But the NBA supposedly, as you well know, cracked down and they said, hey, everyone gets measured. They have to list, they have to list your height without shoes and all this stuff. And, and your weight. And your so, weight, which is obviously not Somehow Gall- Gallinari was able to uh, come into the season at 230. Well, you know. yeah, there's no way that uh, that actually was enforced. But there was that. You remember that? Remember that one week when it was like, "Hey, the NBA is going to crack down on this," and then they're going to announce all the stuff. Um, that didn't actually happen. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it was like teams would like leak it like on Fridays at 4:58 p.m. And it was like, hey, this guy who's been 6'10 for four years is now 6'7. <laughs> it's like, okay, interesting. Uh, no, nah, but back to Cade, like I just. I just don't get the passing thing with him. I, I really don't. Like, I've watched multiple games of him at Oak State, now at Detroit, and I, and I just don't see a special, like, elite playmaker that everybody builds him out to be. I think he's a really good player, uh, but I'm not sure he's a – I don't know. Maybe, maybe – maybe, in the NBA, things would be different. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I think you might be right based on what based on college and and summer league. I think you have a case uh, just because I think a lot of that is from Team USA in high school. And like, I mean, we really we cannot up. keep saying like his teammates are letting him down. I'm when I when I just watched the entire summer league where Sharif Cooper and Jalen Johnson were throwing absolute perfect like. Oh, yeah. 12 out of 10 passes at the, at guys at the rim and then see them just drop the ball. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I was really, like, I was really enjoying your reaction as if, as if it was a regular season game. Like you're ready to like fight Admiral Schofield at midcourt. Man. Because he dropped another pass. And he was playing so well, but then he would like, he's, he's clearly not used to playing like a big man. So no, like, he, he isn't the one to pick on. It was actually, I would say Jordan. Yeah. Bell was the yeah. One to pick Jordan on. Bell. Jordan Bell was, I don't I, <laughs> He was bad. That, that was genuinely shocking. I'm like, why? Why did he even show up? He struggled. Like, I, he was terrible. So, no. Nah, but just, just the my point being, like, I saw like legit what it looks like for for assist to be just truncated that way. When I watch Cade, I'm like, he's really not that athletic, and like, we can't. How many times can we just pass off the fact that he struggles to score within inside the three point line? Like I, I think this is going to be a real struggle for him at the NBA level. I think he's going to struggle to be efficient, and if he's not efficient, he's not, you know, a point guard or like an elite playmaker, somebody you want to have thirty plus percent usage on your team. Then I think. Then I think we may need people just need to dial back expectations of him. I think he's go, still going to be a good basketball. Like my point, I think my overall point, a lot of it was trolling, but my overall point was like, <laughs> Kay Cunningham's going to be good. But like the idea, he's one of these once in a generation talents. I'm yeah. not seeing that. No, I'm I, not seeing. And that. I think that's honestly the, the knock on him, um, both high school and college. If people, the people that didn't like him as much, 
basically made the case you just made. Like, no one thinks he's going to be a bust. Like, the guy has too... Like, he, he does too many things well enough. Like, he's not going to bust. But the, the skeptical side was that if you are not super athletic, like, and it doesn't pop in that way, you can't create separation, like, there might be a ceiling on you. And then, like... So, none of that is unreasonable at all. Like, I still, I think I like him more than you do, but... It's not none of that's crazy, and that that, that is the that has always been the real knock on him since even since, since he since he sort of broke out as the number one guy in that class was that he isn't this great athlete, and that matters. I mean, people got spoiled by Luca because Luca's not a great athlete; he's able to do what he does. But like yeah, that, but that's also well, yeah, it's, well, yes, and that's also very, very, very hard. Like the fact that Luca can do that without being a great athlete is pretty crazy. But you can't just be yeah, like but everybody. Luka, Luka, but Brad, to me, Luca is a much better athlete because he has more shiftiness in his in between games. He's like, definitely yeah, he's definitely more like, like he's, uh, he's way better at getting separation than than I've, I've seen. Well, and that, like, that's the thing, and that's and that's the thing that made that everything comparison is so so hard. hard for Cade Cunningham. Like everything is just like like compare compare the effort level he has to get get to to get to his spots um, inside the arc, outside the arc. I mean, he's a he's He's really good at, at firing up three pointers, and that's something to be positive. And, and that's honestly the thing. I think that's what happened. By the way, is that when that, he, that's when, why he went number one. Well, and that's when and when one. he when he really made the leap to being the number one guy in the class overall was his his actual biggest question like two years ago was his jumper, and now that's like not a question at all. And that Probably and that that that's that, that's when it was like oh wait now he can shoot, and everybody's like all right he's a guy. Um, because that was really people were worried about his jump shot, and now obviously they're not anymore. But maybe that maybe that papered over some other stuff. I don't know. Uh, but I'm with you overall. Like that is the thing, and why the the Luca comparison was aggressive was that all right. A lot of people, I'm not saying everybody did this, but a lot of people did the like all right. He's not he's not a great athlete, but look at Luca, and it's like okay, well Luca's also like kind of a special case. Like you can't just say. Everyone's going to be able to do that when they're a limited athlete. Um, they do kind of play. Yeah, but saying but... saying Luca isn't a great athlete is like saying Paul Pierce wasn't a great athlete. But you know like, what I mean, though. Kind of like, not. The bur- it's the burst. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But I don't because like he's able to get by his man, and like with Cade, he just doesn't have the craft to do that yet. Doesn't mean he can't develop it um, later on in his career. But you know that. The ba- like to me, like the baseline talent isn't like compared to like Jalen Green, who has all the talent in the world. Like I, I was thoroughly impressed with. Um, oh, he looked great. I, I mean, his jumper looks unreal, Brad. Like I mean, every time he shot it, it looked like it was going in, and when he made it, like ball ball didn't even touch the rim. I, I'm sh- honestly, I think that's something to talk about with this draft class in general. Just how polished a lot of these guys are up and down. Oh, the cra- the craft this, is impressive. For like a lot the of skill kids. level is so high on this draft class compared to. I mean, honestly, like these are probably the most skilled prospects to come into the league since Luca and Trey came in. Um, I, I don't think like guys. It usually takes years of you know NBA development to get to to even what Scotty Barnes is doing at his size and be able to you know get to the rim. Uh, you know, he's still. Like I, I don't know if he, he'll ever be an efficient scorer just due to due to the lack of like uh, elite athleticism and, and uh, a vertical jump, and or a jumper one of the two yeah though yeah. no, his jumper doesn't look too bad like it, it doesn't look too bad but the ball just doesn't go in so but overall like a lot of these guys like I, I was really impressed even with Kaminga man like. Oof, I I was shocked by how talented that dude is. Like I, well, it, it's, it's actually amazing. it's actually crazy because I had the same reaction. I like the same reaction as you with Kaminga, and then at the end of the week, he was not efficient at all. Like, oh yeah, no, and that's that's the thing about Kaminga. The whole at all times, it's like you watch him in the moment. It's like, man, this guy looks great, and you look at the numbers. It's like, oh, he still isn't doing anything well. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but but, but I'm with it, you. Though. It, I'm over, overall but, I'm with you. But I was impressed more with his defense, just his ability to keep guys in front of him. Oh yeah, he's a, uh, he's a freak athlete, and he's, and he's an actual yeah. freak athlete, like an actual yeah. monster. Yes, and and like his ability just to get downhill and get to the rim consistently. And on that Warriors team, you know, he's not good. Like the summer league team, he was basically functionally their point guard. So that's not a role he's going to be in um, for this Warriors team. So that's no, that's good. That you know, that's good for his. He might he I'll, might play center at some point this year. 
Um, I wouldn't hate it. They, they they tried that for a minute. I think it was in the California uh, Classic the one night, and I was like, oh, they're playing him at center right now. It was kind of like Jalen Johnson. Like, it was kind of a yeah. fake center. Like, he wasn't being asked to, like, do center stuff, but he was kind of playing center. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Uh, maybe this is an option that the Warriors will use this year. I don't know if they're actually going to do that. But I mean, that might... he was guarding a real – he was guarding Omir year seven. Uh, you know, a real – a real center prospect, you know, one of the few that actually showed up at summer league. So, <laughs> yeah. hey, I thought he, I, I thought he looked pretty good doing it. Um, yeah, we'll talk about Jalen Johnson later, but yes, you know, I thought Kaminga, Kaminga looked good. I, I felt bad for Magic fans. I was like, man. Oh, here we go. You you, you let him off the hook for Oof. like a week, and then you came back man. right away. I was actually man. I was proud of you. You, you, you I, gave it, you gave I, it like two I days. Feel and then I feel <laughs> bad right. on both sides because like on one hand I'm like Jalen Suggs. I really like the way he played, and everybody's like, "Oh man, he's gonna bring that winning culture to the Magic." And I'm like, Ugh. "Unfortunately, the Orlando Magic needs somebody who can put the ball in the cup, and I don't think he's gonna be that. Like, he, that's not his game. And like the intangible defense that he brings is kind of they have an abundance of that. They really need an offensive focal point, and I, I'm like, you know, I'm watching Kaminga. I'm like. Ugh. You know, Kaminga's unpolished and like he has to work on his game. But I mean, just his ability to get to the rim is something the Magic desperately need on that team, just to you know bend the defense somehow. Um, and I and like Suggs, he can do some of that, but he he's probably going to need he needed like to me Suggs really needs to go to the Raptors, and the Raptors you know went with you know the big just to me I felt like the Raptors just went okay this guy is six eight. And he's big, he's good on defense, and he can actually dribble and pass. How about we draft him and try to develop him for our future instead of taking, you know, Jalen Suggs, who might have, if you if you just look at it based on summer, he might have a lower upside, even though I think he's going to be a really good player too. Um, your boy, France Wagner, I was not. Yeah, yeah it, 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 did, it did not go well for Franz. Uh, the, only, the only thing um, – that you could maybe say to defend that, um, and I, I use this uh, in a small way, is that guys like Franz and Evan Mobley are not built for Summer League. <laughs> like, those guys are not going to be good in Summer League, but it was even worse than I thought it was going to be. I mean, Evan, Evan Mobley is so weak, though. Like, he's just... Like, I know people were impressed by the skill level. I, I was just... I was really disappointed how small he was playing. If that makes sense, you know he's like seven feet. Like he just wasn't able to get real position for himself. I know that I know the Cavs didn't play with a point guard, and like he wasn't getting, you know, the easy looks you'd like, you know, if he was rolling to the rim or whatever. But there's just like you can have all the skill in the world, but if you don't have the frame to hold up, um, hold up your jumper, like to get to get in a good position to get, you know, balance on your jump shot, it kind of, like, I, I don't know. Like, to me, Evan Mobley is going to be too easy to guard on offense. Um, he really has to become a good shooter, and that's that would scare me. Like, he has to be a good shooter, or he has to get stronger. Like, something has to, he has to do, and, like, the strength thing, it's so hard to project, but, like, he's not a young, like, he's young, but he's not a young freshman. Like, this is not somebody – this is not Giannis coming into the league as an 18-year-old. Like, he's already 20. And, you know, he's he's been in a system – like, he's been in Amer- – like, he's he's an American. He's been in a system that prioritizes bulking guys up to get them ready for the league. And, he, and, he, and he's really, really weak right now. And, like, it, like, to me, I'm like, this is why I don't like drafting – non-elite big man so high we'll get back to myself and tyler in a minute but first a word from our sponsors on the podcast today and the first of which is built bar with built bar there are so many delicious flavors that there's always something for everyone and honestly it's difficult to pick just one if you talk to a built bar fan they're always passionate about their favorites but for me i have more than one quite frankly if you don't know all the built bar flavors at this point in time you're absolutely missing out they have coconut they have cherry barcia Raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, German chocolate, and my personal favorite has to be cookies and cream. It's been that way for a long time, but even with my affection for cookies and cream, there are other options that are 
honestly just about as good, and really they're fantastic for everyone that enjoys Built Bar. In addition to being extremely tasty, and Built Bar is extremely tasty, they're also very, very healthy. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein. The calorie range is 130 to 180. They only have four or five grams of sugar, and they only have four or five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors all the way across the board. They're all tasty, and they're all healthy. If you order today, they get the grass popper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. And if you go to built.com and use the promo code locked on, you're 15% off your order with Built Bar. Use the promo code locked on, 15% off at built.com. Today's podcast is also brought to you by good folks at betonline.ag. The offseason is here for the Atlanta Hawks in full force, but BetOnline is still the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is still in full swing at this point in time. You can track all the action, though, at BetOnline and beyond baseball. There is all kinds of interest from sport to sport, entertainment, and much more. Get all the latest news, the odds, and the information for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, golf, tennis, auto racing, F1, all that fun stuff. You can find it all at BetOnline. And on top of that, you have odds boosters, entertainment bets, the works. You can find it all in one place. Before the next pitch, dribble, or pass, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their run to their respective playoffs. Head to the website right now or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code Locked On. 50% extra cash if you use the promo code Locked On when you sign up at betonline.ag. Check it all out in one place, your best place to find all the sports action, the fastest, easiest, and best. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I mean, we can talk about it now, man. I, I watched Jalen Johnson. I, I, don't, I don't understand how he didn't go top five. Like, what, what did he say in these interviews? Well, okay, let's, let's talk about Johnson. So, obviously... There was kind of a consensus around people that actually, you know, do draft stuff that he fell too far. That, that, we'll say that now. Like, I said that on the night. Basically, everyone that I talked to was like, okay, this is obviously a great value at where it was. Um, and then, you get with that out of the way, he was still better than people thought he was going to be, myself included. Like, he was very, very good um, in Vegas. And part of that is, part of the surprise, at least for me, is that he hadn't played like, he's basically played, like, 20 basketball games in, like, two and a half years. Like, he's not, he barely has played basketball in terms of organized setting. Like, he played 13 games at Duke. He barely played a senior in high school. Like, he hasn't played. And that's the crazy thing to me is that he – if you didn't know that, you would not have known that. Like, there was a lot of, like, patience that he showed and a lot of, like, little stuff right, that, that he showed. That was – that the, the on offense in particular, like, the patience that he played with was stunning this is a guy who probably like who thinks himself to be the best player in this draft class like confidently believes it and i'm and i you know guys say stuff like that all the time but the way he played he played with a certain level of arrogance that you really don't see from somebody drafted that late well yeah he he played with the arrogance like there is nobody on this floor who's even close to me and so I'm going to do like it was very it. It reminded me so much of how LeBron James on certain nights oh, when no. he's not. Oh, I'm not. No. I'm not compared. Oh, no. But you know how you, I'm just saying, like compared to when he's when LeBron James is going up against what he considers lesser competition and isn't giving his like a one material, he'll just kind of go through the motions, and then at the end of the game, he has like 27, eight, and six with two steals and three blocks. Uh, and you know, team high plus eighteen. You're like, yeah, LeBron didn't play that well, you know, and like it was that level of like, just I'm so much better than everybody else on this floor. I'm embarrassed for you guys. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna try to dominate in the way you think I am. I'm just going to, like, it was so, it was so often you would see him just beat a guy and then make the right pass. Like, and he did it every time when he could have just forced the issue. Like, he could have been like Kamingo was doing. Force the issue, get to the rim consistently, right. try to dunk on everybody. But it was more like, I don't have to prove anything to anybody. Well, that that was really like, the thing that, that really struck. Like, if you watched, and I, I know you did, I know Hawks fans did. If you actually watch these full games, you know, the highlights pop too. I mean, no one's saying otherwise. Obviously, the, the, the dunks and the everything that happened, like, there was a lot of highlights. But if you watched, like, every minute, 
that he played, that's what stood out to me too. It was just the way that he kind of carried himself in a way that you did not expect for a guy who hasn't played basketball. And the fact that he was, you know, it's always been this very mysterious, you know, quote-unquote off-courts questions with Jalen Johnson. And no one, no one's ever said, at least that I've heard, anything that's, like, actually scary. It's more like being enigmatic, like just kind of being a different cat. Very Ben Simmonsy. Yeah, well, and, and, and you made the job. I mean, I think we, we, both, we, we, both, we both mentioned Josh Smith at times. Um, yeah, Josh Smith In the way that well. it was the makeup. I mean, and obviously they're not, like, the same person. And Josh loved basketball, but he just kind of carried himself a different way. It was a different guy. He was motivated differently and um, you know, famously had the one year where uh, he was challenged to not shoot a three and just didn't shoot one basically all season long and that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. Like just the a different cat. In, I mean, but like at the same time, I think he's bro, I think this dude is the most talented basketball player on this Hawks team. I don't say that lightly. Uh, I think I mean, the Hawks it depends, have a it lot of what you mean. Team. Obviously, like I will say he he's Brad. not he's not the athlete that Josh Smith was. He's a very good athlete, no question. Um I thought that too. And then I saw this man block he blocked Omer Yurt Sevens. Oh, I, I was I was I was right there and he I thirteen mean, he, feet in the air. Yeah, no, he obviously like, is a good athlete. Off of pure vert. I'm I I, I, I think I, the thing for me though, honestly, about everything else was the size. Like yeah, I think he's, he's just bigger than I I'm not you know, measurable wise, we knew what they were, but I think he's just bigger than I thought in terms of being able to cover ground. And obviously, he's he is a good athlete too. But it's the it's the combination. Like he doesn't really have like glaring weaknesses in terms of like his package. Obviously, I think half court offense is like the thing that I would be most worried about. I, but even then, I he was, showed a lot, I, and he was really good in the half court. And also, like the team, the players he was going up against were so afraid of him. Like well, there as was they sh- a, as they should be probably. But. There was a real fear of getting dunked on to the point that it was an auto double every time. Like he was even near the action, and so the Hawks were like this Hawks summer league team, which was not very talented outside of like a couple, like maybe five guys who have real like NBA potential. Um, outside of the three guys that, that are on or who are, who might probably be on the Hawks roster this year in uh, Schofield and um, Akun Purcell. Akun yeah. Outside of those, like, those five, like, the rest of that team was not very good. They didn't have shooting. They really didn't have shooting, and it it didn't really matter just because of all the attention Jalen – when Jalen Johnson was on the floor, everybody, like, they were like, I'm not about to get Duarte out here, who – Duarte was really good that game against the Pacers. I I couldn't notice it because like he, <laughs> that that dunk that you don't you Brad Duarte's a good athlete you do not see that happen where a guy would just try to like I don't know what Duarte was thinking was going to happen but the, he he like he tried so very hard to get out of the way. Well, that that's the thing about Johnson that everyone agreed on. Honestly, of everything, there was a lot of people that didn't love him pre-draft but everyone everyone agreed on his transition ability and you saw the grab and go stuff like if he gets downhill man good luck like there's no and the ball handling and the fact that he can pass in transition like that's the stuff um that jumps off the screen to you pre-summer league pre-draft like even pre-duke you watch him in high school like guys who are six eight that can grab and go like that end to end with and not have to like and be able to do a couple dribble moves in the process not not just go fully straight line but end to end 92 feet rebound take five dribbles and dunk on somebody like you can't fake that and he has that ability that's the one the Duarte play like get just get out of the way man like don't even try to get up there like there's not a there's not a chance that anybody is stopping him in that setting and I think people and he had a lot of really impressive dunks like just yeah. on people and the timing too. Him people. and Sharif, him yeah. and Sharif already. Uh, they already. I mean, they, 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 they both talked about it to the media too, in person and on Zoom and everything. They both were like, "We already have chemistry," and it's like, "Yeah, we we know, we we noticed." They had a, they had a few times where those guys just kind of felt each other, but yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing, especially in person. I'm not trying to flex about being there, but like in person, it's even more so. Like guys who are that size, it's it's special when they're able to grab and go like he did, and that's where you get the Ben Simmons stuff. 
of like that's something that Ben Simmons can do, and obviously has all the flaws and everything else. But if you watch Ben Simmons grab the ball on the on the block and take four dribbles and duck on the other end, it is breathtaking to watch. And that's kind of what Jalen Johnson looks like. End to end. Yeah, and and like, I mean, I'm, I was like, I you know after the summer after the summer performances, I I was just like genuinely confused. I was I was I was going in conspiracy theory mode, like. Did, did did Jalen Johnson purposely tank his interviews? <laughs> I, like even with the flaws, one one he played a lot better here than he ever did at Duke. Um, oh. Outside a couple games, he, oh absolutely. He I was, mean, he, he was, had a couple. He played halves. a lot harder. He, yeah, he, yeah. He, had, he had a couple of halves at Duke. I watched. I think I've watched every minute that he's played now at Duke because I was pre- trying to prep not before the draft yeah. but after the draft. I, I don't think he ever had. Maybe he had a maybe he had like a ten minute period at Duke that was like this, but in terms of full games, like nothing even close, honestly. Yeah, just like being the and he and the thing was he wasn't the center of the offensive team. Like Sharif Cooper was running the show, yes, on offense, but it was so apparent that you know Jalen Johnson was just like a threat everywhere he was on the floor. Whether and his jumper looked a lot better too. That's something that that needs to be said. It looks like he looked a lot more com- comfortable and confident shooting, shooting the basketball. I, I don't know. I came away. I at at first I was like, because I mean, he was still, he's still not boxing out, which you know. Well, you, I think cool, I think you mentioned cool that the offensive thing. glass, like he, he just goes to the offensive glass every time, right? right yeah, now. that too. But I, that's some of the. I hope so, because like you can't, you can't. It's fun to watch, yeah. but you can't do that, obviously. Yeah, like, yeah. That I'm like, yeah. Well, I mean, everybody, everybody's going after offensive glass. Sure. Of, nobody's getting nobody. Nobody has any idea how transition defense actually works. That's how Tyrese Maxey was able to look so good, because um, he's just able to grab the ball. Um, whether on a make or miss and just push the ball up the floor and get an easy look. And it's like, well, that's the, you know, this is the, the pitfalls of watching, you know, summer league basketball with a lot of these guys where it's, it's a lot of trans, like even Jalen Johnson was getting easy transition, but I could say he's probably not going to get in the league, but some of, some of the stuff he was doing in transition where, I mean, the heat game was his most impressive game where he challenged, uh, Omir's shot, like a jump, a 16 footer, um, when Omir was open. And then he like sprinted to him, closed out on him, challenged the shot, uh, sprinted the full length down the floor, was the and beat everybody down the floor. It was it wasn't even a good pass that went to his way, but he caught the ball and just laid it up, and like basically all, he did all this all in one motion, and it's just like that's a special talent that, and he brings a lot of stuff to the table that the Hawks don't have, particularly being able to push the push the ball up the floor off a rebound where you can get advantageous looks combined with his passing, which is probably as odd as it to say, it's probably his best skill, particularly out of the post really reminded me of LeBron James, not saying he's LeBron James. Level. Wow. Two, two LeBron references in the first Brad, 15 minutes. This isn't, this is Brad, incredible. Can, can, can you deny what he was doing in the post? Didn't remind you. Again, this is lower level competition, but like sure. I mean, no, I, I'm not even. I'm. I'm. I'm, mostly I'm just talking about. Fun the, of you, I'm but, talking about the passing. I, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm obviously talking about the passing out of like that mid post area. Yeah, no, I, I can see why you're saying he has that. An situation. That's the thing about Johnson that I particularly like, other than just the obvious traits that I liked about his offensive game the most um, in college and probably during summer league too is the fact that he's an extremely willing passer. Like he sees the game very well. He is not just like he doesn't he doesn't get in his head in the head down mode where I'm just gonna, I'm gonna score now like he does it might be occasionally like everybody will but he's really looking for passing angles and trying to feel and that goes back to, goes back to the patience too that we talked about earlier but yeah I think I can see that I mean guys and again it's summer league so it's a little bit weird but they ran a lot I mean if you watch I watch too much summer league basketball across the league for sure I haven't been there. Me too. And most I, guys, I, most I guys are not. I mean, summer league's a small guard medium. Like most teams are just letting their guards do whatever the heck they want the entire time, and it was kind of jarring to watch the Hawks because Johnson ran a lot more through the mid and high post than like most teams ever let anybody run from. Like it was like the Hawks wanted him to do that very obviously, 
but he just was willing to do it, <laughs> and guys didn't really do that at Summer League. It was like watching a different sport at times. It's like, oh, the Hawks have their 6'8 first-round pick running their offense now through the high post. 6'9 now. Hold up. Uh, okay, Hold whatever up. it is. I think 6'8 and three quarters, whatever it is that he's listed at. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's very interesting to me. And you saw it in college, too. Like, that's the one thing that you probably did see in college was the fact that he's a very – very good passer like maybe forces a little bit too much so we see it but that's just being young like the trait is more important to me than the like the turnovers i know you don't care people are like oh but he turned the ball over five times I'm like i don't care i just don't like it's summer league same thing with sharif like those guys having turnovers it's not a problem to me in summer league just just do Brad, it try to push it it's fine he threw a pass out of the high post i'm forgetting the guy's name he was passing it to he didn't pass it to where the guy was he passed it to where he should have been to be open for an open three-pointer like he forced him to move to an open area on the floor by where he passed it like that that's reading the game on a like on a higher plane like then like him and Sharif Cooper were, were both made and like he I mean we all saw the pass he threw what no look um uh, underhand behind the back like <laughs> from the low post to a so to a he- guy who bricked the layup Ruining the highlight, ruining so many ruined highlights, Brad. That that if any, I can't believe these dudes were making me angry during summer league games that don't matter. But they were just making me so mad because there was these sweet dimes. Street Cooper had a left-handed, no look stunner. Shocked me he even went to this guy. Everybody thought he was going to throw it to the corner. To Jordan, he, but he threw it to Jordan Bell, and Jordan Bell just watched it hit him in the head. I'm like, I I can't believe you ruined this highlight for me. How am I going to rewatch this on YouTube? I'm not about to rewatch the game. What oh. if nobody saved the clip? No, I I, uh, I had a few of those where uh, I had my head down because you know the thing about doing what I do is I have my head down sometimes making notes or whatever, and I I, I missed a couple of the plays live, and I was I was relying on. Uh, on some replays, both in the in the arena and also on, on on Twitter, and there was one that I saw you yelling about that I had to go I had to go find it the next day because because some, somebody lost it like there nobody actually grabbed it and put it on Twitter anyway that at least that I saw, and that's the uh, that's the unfortunate thing about about missed layups and missed dunks is like uh, they don't make uh, the summer league uh, NBA official video feed because nope. they got missed. So no, I mean I guess the uh, the the final question that I want to ask you and we can you finish is. Is Jalen Johnson going to be a seven-time All-Star or twelve-time All-Star? Based I mean, on he's going to the Hall of Fame, man. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure we know we were. They're going to retire. They're going to retire number one. Oh my for god! Reti- oh boy! I don't know, man. Well, I, I cannot wait. Honestly, I want to know uh, what Hawks fans think about you declaring that he's the most talented player on the roster that has Trey Young on it. So that, that's going to be good. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear that. Uh, the reaction to that comment was good. So, I mean, and John Collins, your guy who resigned. Your guy, you are the president of John Collins Fan Club, other than his family. I am the president. You are, uh, and listen now, Jalen. That's now, why I don't say this. I don't say this lightly, Brad. I know you can't teach you. Passing is one of my favorite things in basketball, Brad. You cannot teach it. It's in like certain guys just play with that level. Like you can get better as a passer, but if you don't have the talent for it, like there's just a cap on your ceiling. Um, as to what you can do with the ball in your hand. And, like, Jalen Johnson got the complete package, man. I – like, I, I mean, he – like, I'm at Summer League. I'm watching it. I, I'm making these small critiques. I'm like, uh, he's not boxing out. He's not in a defensive stance. That's why he got blown by by uh, Paul Reed there. Um, but, I mean, B-ball also – B-ball Paul, baby. B-ball Paul. <laughs> that's a – that nickname. That was actually uh, – uh, as a small bit of – push to the Jalen Johnson thing who I think we've done a good job praising the only like semi shaky half the entire time was the second half against Philly and Paul Reed yeah and, to and a bit. yeah because Paul Reed was in better you know basketball condition and also it was the first time Jalen G- Johnson had to be pushed physically like nobody else was even close to him on an athletic and physical level except for Paul Reed and like he was battling, I thought he did pretty well in the first half. In the second half, I thought he got tight. Like I, to me, especially in that fourth fourth quarter overtime extended run, where he, because it, it felt pretty clear to me, like he was he was he was going out 
after the first five minutes while Shree Cooper and Skylar Mays were still on the floor. Yep. And then he would come back later than those two guys. Well, the thing and is, so like, was, he hasn't played. He hasn't played. You, exactly. You can't, you can't right. fake that. You, you can't. Yeah. I know guys want to be in the best shape they can possibly be in. You cannot and replicate I thought basketball. He was in great, I, I thought he was in great. I mean, he's clearly in great shape. Like, sure. He's in much better. No, shape I'm not. I'm not too. saying otherwise. It's just. It's just different to play games. Like you haven't played yeah. games in so long that you're playing, and he's playing hard, which is good. I mean, you want you want guys to push themselves and not pull up. But I agree with you. It, it did seem like he lost a little bit of steam as he played longer stints, and that makes incredible sense to me. Like it's not it's not a knock on him to say that. It's just something he's going to have to figure out and do. And I mean eventually he will, will actually play basketball because <laughs> he hasn't played basketball yeah. all the time. And uh how about like before, you know, that's the thing. Before we started um before Summerlee, I thought he was just a pure power forward, you know, stretch not stretch forward but like combo forward, but he'd mainly play the four like after and maybe after like some of the, I thought you can you can maybe get away with playing him at the five sometimes. Um, I, I I asked and, that question and, the and they kind of just deflected it. But and, and more more importantly, I think they can play him at the three too. Like I was impressed by his perimeter defense uh, again when he was in the stands. You know when he's not in the stands. When yeah you know, exactly yeah but but like when he was in the stands, nobody was getting by. Like he was just so much, and that's the other thing about summer league. He was so much more physically better than everybody he was playing with. It's really hard not to overreact to what he was doing on the floor. Like, I'm not looking at his numbers and being impressed. Like, him averaging 20, 10, whatever, like, all his numbers on great efficiency. Like, that's cool and all. I was more impressed by his feel for the game on both ends of the floor, his athleticism, his skill level, like, just the complete package of a basketball player. Like, Guys like that do not drop outside of the top five ever to me. Like, I, there's no draft that is so deep where somebody as talented as Jalen Johnson goes outside of the top five unless there are extraneous circumstances. And I, apparently there were. Like, and that's why I'm like, did he tank his interviews on purpose? Well, it, he it was to the be way, in Atlanta. Well, I, well here's I, the thing about that, you know, though. Like, I, I understand that conspiracy theory, but he didn't work out for the Hawks. Like, he, he did mm-hmm. not. So like, and not not even in private. I mean, they've they would have said. I mean, they haven't. They haven't. That hasn't happened. So, I don't know if the interviews just went poorly. I mean, they talked. He talked to the Hawks in Chicago at the at the combine, but they, he didn't come in. And like they, I think he thought that he was going to be gone by twenty. I mean, and why wouldn't he have thought that? You know what I mean? Like he was supposed to be gone by then. Because uh, usually when a guy doesn't work out for a team, it's because he. They don't want to. The agent's not going to take a workout. Like guys who were projected lottery picks don't work out for the team that has the 20th pick. They just say no because they don't want to go 20th. They want to. They want to go in the lottery. So yeah, I mean it's it's pretty wild. Still, this is the second time it's happened. Happened with John Collins too, where they just got to sit back in their spot and benefit from a guy falling to them. And I mean, I, I can guarantee you that they didn't think he was going to be available at 20 when the night started. Yeah, and I also don't think they thought he was this good either. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm, and I, that's the thing about it. All of it, obviously, he, he popped more than anybody. Even the biggest fans, like I, I know Jonathan Wasserman from Bleacher Report, who does a good job. He had him seventh on his board, so like very high. Obviously, a lot higher than twentieth. And he was I, he wrote about him and was still like very impressed with what he saw as a guy who had him seventh. So that kind of tells you the way that he played. I mean, I mean, this doesn't actually mean anything, but he was first team all summer league and like. Without the exposure, the Hawks were playing in the small gym for four out of their five games. They and he was only playing twenty five minutes. Yeah, he like, wasn't playing he wasn't, crazy he wasn't minutes. Playing like crazy minutes. They yeah. he did. They didn't get the you know, rightly or wrongly or usually rightly, the NBA showcases the top five picks in the draft. Those guys play in the big gym. They do the matchups based on that for TV purposes. The Hawks didn't have any of those games. The Hawks' only game in the big gym was a nine o'clock Eastern time tip off against Philly. And that was a fun game, but like they didn't do the like let's showcase Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper thing. Summer League didn't. So like for him to make the highlight runs that he made and be first team and put up the numbers and just make the flash plays and everything else, like we talked about the patience, like he had to kind of push himself into that realm. Whereas like guys like top five picks, like they, they just get watched by everybody anyway, every game. Like everybody's yeah. watching the top five picks play. And the first game 
it was the first game of the week, and like there were like five people in there for the media. Like I was one of them, but like there was not a whole lot of people there watching that game. And it was like by halftime, it's like, hey, Jalen Johnson looks really good, and people start trickling in. It's like, all right, well, this is this is different. I mean, people were taking notice, but it was more organic. It wasn't set up to be that way, and he had to actually impress, and he did. Yeah, and like overall, I kind of do. Like the pandemic probably really messed him up in the sense that uh, that and the cop, like the team he went for, he went he played for a bad Duke team that didn't really. I, I don't know. Something just didn't wasn't right with that Duke situation because he should have been a. I mean, if he like if he goes G League route, he probably goes in the top five because. Oh, at least at least top ten, I would say. I mean, if he just go if, like, he, if I, he goes think, there and I, plays and gets just gets to train and be in that setting, I, I think he goes in the top ten. Because like safely. I think he's still going to be super. I, he was still even with him playing po- as poorly as you know. Not he didn't play poorly, but it was just it was it. You watch the games at Duke. There was just something not right. I, there's no other way to put it. Like you watch the games, and so like you understood why he dropped, even if if he was this super talented guy, like. He left the team, and like you watch the games, like the numbers looked great, but but it wasn't really that. It it just didn't feel it. It didn't feel like he was giving the the effort you'd like to see from somebody who who wants to have an NBA future. Um, so then you, you compare that, you watch him in the G, you know, you watch him in the summer league. But even with all that, he was still efficient and, and good at Duke. It it just. It wasn't like it wasn't as special as what we saw. Like I, I thought he was as, as good as any basketball player who was at Vegas. Um, um, and like I, because I, I watched a lot of summer league, and I'm like, even better, Jaylen, e- even as good as Jalen Green. I mean, your your guy, your anointed Jalen Green. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because right. of. I mean, says it all. No, I'm I'm not even disagreeing with you. It's just. Uh, I mean, the first game he he does the. I mean, I hate to bring the LeBron James comparison, but my God. Oh, number, like, th- number three? LeBron Revens number three? Wow. That, what he did to poor, poor Peyton Pritchard's <laughs> layup attempt. Oh, Peyton Pritchard. You mean Summer League legend Peyton Pritchard, who left in the middle? Peyton Pritchard left in the middle of Summer League, went, went to Portland, played two games in a pro-am, and then came back and played more. Just an incredible flex by Peyton yeah, Pritchard. I don't Fantastic stuff. I don't know what the Celtics are doing. Hey, um, at least I mean, uh, at least uh, summer league MVP. I'm using quotation marks. Davion Mitchell, who averaged 10.8 points per game and won the MVP award at summer league. That's that's what we're doing. I mean, everybody's super impressed that he's able to get over a screen in the G League. I mean, I'm, my fault. In, in summer league, he's yes. o- he's able to get over the screen in summer league when he, there are no big men. So like, we have to be impressed <laughs> by just his ability to stay in front of. I think you're gonna be ready for that. That was like good. not elite guards playing with no spacing and we we just have to, we just have to be impressed by it Brad because when a 23 year old is able to get over a screen getting screened by somebody who weighs what less than him we just have to be in all of that because <laughs> nobody plays defense in the NBA Brad uh, did you not see that effort he, he brought to the game like it was, it was incredible no, but nobody so plays defense I, in the NBA. That's that's one of those uh, time-honored truths. All right, that's the end of part one, and part two is available right now in this same feed. If you want more of myself and Tyler, you can find another about an hour-long show available right now for your listening pleasure. Please tell your friends about the podcast. Please subscribe, and we'll see you next time. But again, one more time, part two is available right now. <laughs>